We told you about Gaia Provides a couple months ago. Gaia Provides is back. They are a holistic small batch company crafting quality, lab-tested, hemp-based health and wellness products for pets. Kaplan, you've been giving it to Pancakes, Kaplan. Pancakes the dog over the last (laughs) few months. How's she doing? Yeah, she loves these. Uh, I give her the beef liver flavor, the ones for small dogs. Um, And I give her a half a treat in the morning, a half a treat at night, and she loves them. They're delicious. She always barks for them. Uh, She's a, she's a, you know, my dog's a little dog. She's a mental patient, I like to say. She's a lovable mental patient. So she's always, she's always uh, stressed out, neurotic, just like me about something. But these, these make her chill. They calm her down. Uh, She does, obviously, you know, she's in a wheelchair. She has a lot of uh, discomfort uh, naturally. And these definitely help. Uh, I definitely see, a, you know, she's has a high quality of life because of uh, we take good care of her over here. And these are a key part of our daily routine. So we love guy provides over here in the Kaplan household. And all these products cap are THC free. They do not have THC, which makes them safe for your pets. And I know pancakes is always scared. Of all those fireworks you have in Long Island City, Queens, right there on the East River. They're shooting them off all the time. How's she doing with the fireworks once she yeah. takes this guy it provides? Yeah, when I used to be, I used to dread fireworks. I used to dread loud noises and thunderstorms. Um, but now I just enjoy them because when I give them to the pancakes, this makes it, like I said earlier, it makes her calm, makes her cool, makes her collected, makes her just sit there and enjoy life. So these. Look at that. Uh, I love they you have can enjoy drops. fireworks again. You can enjoy America again. You can enjoy <laughs> freedom again with Gaia provides everybody check out Gaia provides and use our promo code lost L O S T for a great deal. That is www.gaiaprovides.com. And, and then just so you know, they also have on top of the treats, they have these little drops you could put in the food. So if you, you know, if you want to, you can get if they don't like the treat for whatever reason, these drops are also delicious. So guy provides. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching, Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 223. My name's Turner Sparks. I am Michael Kaplan. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. You can find me at turnersparks.com. Buy my album, Turner Sparks, live from the Friars Club. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America on Instagram, on the show today. Oh, and also on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Cap in America across all social media channels. Across the platforms. On the show. That's Kaplan's voice right there. On the show today, we are welcoming back the great Narek Margarian. uh, He's a very special special place in our heart because- it was the first time we went to number one in any country. Last time we had him on, we went to number one in Armenia, uh, sp- talking about Armenia, which we're going to talk about today. And of course, we printed all this merchandise. We have Merch, mugs, we shirts, have t-shirts. We have a sweatshirt. sweatshirt. Kaplan's wearing a sweatshirt. <laughs> all, all letting the world know we went to number one in Armenia. We have to actually send one to Narek. He, he's a kingmaker. He's the guy who believed in us. Yo, where's my sweatshirt? <laughs> exactly. It's getting, it's What's your size? Warm. What it's size are the, you? It's in the mail. The mail takes I'm a, a while. I'm an aspiring M. 
Inspiring him. That's me too. <laughs> he's, he's a little snug, but he's a kingmaker. He believed in us. He said, I believe your guys' podcast can go to number one. I can make it happen. Ride with me. Yeah. And, and, and we went to number one in the charts. We blew up Armenia. I'm sure we're huge celebrities there now. <laughs> Everyone's talking about us. So we had to do another episode. Welcome yeah. home. So we'll bring him in <laughs> in just a minute. Let's repeat it. Let's repeat it by all means. We're going to repeat it. Narek is driving through Armenian traffic right now. He'll come in in just a second. But before we get him in, um, how do you – everyone loves this show. Everyone in Armenia loves this show. We're yeah. number one. But we, the, the, the question is, how do you show us you love this show? Well, first off, for if you love the merch for Armenian fans who, who might not have known that we've made shirts to say number one in Armenia, have a, have a map, the proper map of your country. The real you know, map. The real map. The only map accepted. I don't care what the United Nations says. This is the map. <laughs> yeah. So go to lostinamericapod.com. Yes. And you will see a link for the merch. So that's number one. Buy merchandise. We have mugs. We have T-shirts. We have sweatshirts, all with our face on it, with the Armenian, an outline of the the, the nation of Armenia. And as you said, the real nation, the real map of Armenia. The real map I accept. accept And then also Patreon.com. So Kaplan and I do this show for free once a week. Plus, every single Monday, usually, today is Tuesday, we mm. also then do three extra episodes a week of just Kaplan and I talking about, currently, it's a, it's a straight-ahead comedy show, but we talk about serious subjects. This week, we're talking about Kaplan's run for city council in New York City. You need to get 900 uh, signatures. That's step one. If and we have one signature. I signed it. I could not get my wife. To <laughs> sign. My wife will not sign it. She does not believe in me. So, so only got- 899 <laughs> to go or Kaplan. Yeah. My idea is we need to sue the city and we, to get that number down, I think yeah. five or 10 signatures. Is it's enough. discrimination against people who aren't popular. Like well, I don't it's ha- a pandemic. You can't yeah, go around. Well, I haven't have been vaccinated yet. I'm supposed to be right. They should be making people in the vaccination lines. The second you get a line, you got to sign a signature. So for $5 a month, you get that show. Go to patreon.com slash lost in America or go to lost in The merch, the Patreon show, it's all there. Now, Kaplan, today mm-hmm. we're talking to Narek Margarian about What's going on in Armenia? So they had their uh, war. I guess they we had call a it a war. Scuffle. A scuffle uh, with uh, Azerbaijan a few months ago. Didn't end ideally. It didn't well, I end thought as- it ended with us as number one in Armenia. There was more well, to the story. It didn't end. For us, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it ended but well it for us. But didn't end great. And so uh, they had to give up a cer- uh, land. I, I think there was the disputed land. A certain part of land had to go back, had to go to Azerbaijan. That was not what we wanted. That's not how we wanted it to no. end. We so back winners. In, in retaliation, the prime minister is blaming the military. The military is blaming the prime minister. And the prime minister, the military had, wants the, this is what I understand. The military, uh, 40 military members signed a, a declaration wanting the prime minister to resign. Yeah. And the prime minister's response, which is genius he decided to call it a coup. He goes, I don't, this is a coup. They're trying a, to a paper now, coup. As far as I know, a coup is when tanks roll into the city. You arrest the president or the prime minister. You put a gun to his head and you go, get out of here. We never want to see you again. They didn't do that. They just signed a piece of paper. Yeah. And they just, they basically, it's like when a game ends, you lose a game and it's like, do you blame the coach? Do you blame the general manager? Do you blame the players? It's a big, you know, so of course, like every time I've ever been in a fight, somebody's always broken it up. And I say, I would have won that fight if you didn't stop me. So that's the military guys. They're, you know, they're, they're saying they would have won. You they say, just- hey, buddy, you lost, you lost this uh, war. Time to go. Yeah. And he's saying, I don't like a coup. <laughs> I don't like a coup. And, and then he fired the guy. Then he tried to fire the, the head of the, he tried to sack the head of the army, right? Well, you fire your assistant coaches. That's right. what you do. You general- say, don't fire me. I'll fire my assistants. Wait, blame the general. Yeah, blame it. Yeah, I'm going to put it together a new staff. We're going to hire new coaches. It's not my fault. So he said, I'm going to fire the head of the army, and then we'll be fine. Next time we do battle, we'll be good. And then no. we're going to get into it later, but then Russia has some comments, the United States, the U- European Union. Everybody's kind of like, well, this is what I think. This is what I think. Anyway, that's as far as I know. Like- Narek Margarian, you've been waiting long enough. Welcome to the show. How how how's our knowledge so far? Oh, uh, it's spotty, guys. But uh, <laughs> uh, I I know the reasons why, and uh, I know why media takes certain certain things and turns them into headlines. 
which are basically clickbait. And um, <laughs> let's get a couple of things straight. First of all, it wasn't a scuffle. It was a war. It was like yes. a full-fledged classic war. Uh, the difference being that these days wars are not fought for years or decades. They are fought uh, for months, let's say. And we had a full-scale war. We had um, close to 5,000 uh, people uh, dead mm. and uh, lots of people injured. It's all because certain missiles and uh, military drones are now being used. And everyone was actually, everyone in the world was following this war because this was like um, this new uh, generation of uh, drones that was being used against us. So everyone was kind of curious to see how it's going to unfold. And unfortunately, it unfolded pretty badly. Uh, Basically, we had nothing to oppose these Turkish drones. They were not Azerbaijani. This is these Turkish Bayraktar drones. Um, They fly pretty high up. Uh, They're very difficult to um, shoot down. And that's one of the things that puts... um, sort of a turn in their favor in this war. It was also use of mercenaries from Syria and other countries. It was use of Turkish special forces. So we were very much in a disadvantage, um, uh, like technically. But uh, for to say that this wasn't a war simply because it lasted for 44 days, this is how long wars are going to last now. They are mm. as devastating as wars were uh, a century ago that lasted a year uh, so that's that's one thing uh, I, I'm really I, I was so it was like it was magnesium <laughs> to hear that uh, how you said that uh, this wasn't a coup because that's that's actually the, a debate that still is taking place and uh, we were making fun of it today in our show and I want to address our prime minister still Mr. Pashinyan even these guys who are not from the previous regime, who do not belong to any political party that's trying to overthrow you. Just regular sane people are saying it wasn't a military coup. There were no tanks. Nobody was firing any weapons. People just said you are terrible and you need to go. And they happen to be military. He calls it a coup. Our minister of foreign affairs just today said, of course, it's not a coup. (laughs) And then uh, the other guy in national... uh, Security secretary, I wouldn't translate. Uh, security secretary, let's call him. He said, of course it was a coup. To even think about it is a coup. And a coup is a very uh, straightforward thing. I think it's written in the law. What is a coup and what isn't? Uh, when we're watching, uh, it's, it's like saying uh, every time you watch a porn, you are trying to rape the people that are in there. So uh, <laughs> just the act of watching or thinking about it does right. not equal the crime. And there's a very big, yeah. So that's that. Uh, but all these things, mm, they are very complicated. And I was looking for a way to tell this to your audience uh, and not to bore them to death, uh, avoiding lots of, uh, last names, difficult Armenian names, last names, political party names. That would be so boring. So I decided to take what's going on in Armenia and uh, extrapolate it on Game of Thrones. Do you guys still remember Game of Thrones, right? The greatest show ever, except yes. the last season. <laughs> I've never seen oh. it, but Kaplan knows it, I think. Okay. And our <laughs> audience definitely our audience knows, knows it. it. They are. I think <laughs> like, yeah, let's, that, that's like the common language uh, before Turner returned from whatever planet he was on. <laughs> China. On Game of I was Thrones. in China for 12 years. <laughs> he said, that doesn't excuse you. <laughs> that doesn't excuse you. There is piracy in China. You could have torrented it or some, some other way. True. Anyway, so um, I was thinking... Like, which uh, house from the Game of Thrones should be um, the the current prime ministers? And I hate to say this because this is my second uh, favorite house in in Game of Thrones, House Targaryen. Here's the reason why. Because House Targaryen, and we are going to slightly change the dates and mix and different time frames of different houses for creative reasons. Uh, Here's why. House Targaryen had this uh, king who was called 
referred to as the Mad King. So Mad King, or whatever his name was, Aegon Targaryen, Aemon, A the Mad King, anyway. Mad King. So the Mad King is the current prime minister because uh, the thing he is announcing, the statements he's making, retracting, and then doing something even more stupid the next day, there is no other uh, explanation to this but madness. This this is just pure, pure madness. One day he's saying that this um there everyone should be peaceful there should not this should not turn into a civil war because the past people were uh, you know outraged the uh, people wanted to do something when he declared uh, what he, what he signed with azerbaijan the next day he called uh, uh, for his supporters to do a citizen's revenge to go out <laughs> on the streets and do revenge and then I, I think he sobered up and he said no no everything should be peaceful then he said that uh, this Russian's missile exploded. Like this is like the pride of Russian military. This missile called Iskander, and he announced that this missile exploded for ten percent. How can a missile expl explode for ten percent? Nobody in the physics world knew. Uh, oh, so ninety percent of, of the the missile didn't work. Yeah, the the Russians really got mad with him. He's blaming his missiles. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he said, no, 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 I was wrong. Your missile was fine, Mr. Putin. <laughs> yeah. Everything Putin does not like fine. to hear his uh, <laughs> missiles dragged through the mud. So he's yeah. saying he lost the war because the Russian missiles weren't exploding. They just well, don't go yeah, off. And, they just and, land and the there. Other, <laughs> and yeah, the other thing you, you guys uh, had wrong is that the military did not say, uh, had we gone longer, we would have gone. No, no, no. Our military is way much smarter than that. Our uh. military told him to stop the war on the fourth day. On the fourth day, like they the knew they were outmanned. Calculated everything and said we cannot go on. He didn't do that. The Mad King of the House Targaryen did uh. not do that. Then on October 19th, which is like 24th day of the war, again the military went on and said, No, no, we cannot win this war. We gotta stop it. And Putin went on and got a pretty reasonable deal for us. A perfectly normal deal that would have saved thousands of lives. That would have we would have ended up with more territory than we did. And then the Mad King, Nikol Pashinyan, turned it down again. Uh, Jeez, and even, even Putin, uh, he tried not to um, insult him. But in an interview, he said, I was really surprised when he did not accept this offer. Oh like everyone like, was like, what the hell? Why aren't you accepting this offer on the 24th day of, the, of this devastating war when your resources are exhausted? Uh, the Mad King didn't stop it, so we had uh, what we had by the end. And it keeps on. Like, one day he wants to have, like, his, uh, an, uh, elections uh, to settle this thing. Then he says, no, 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 I'm not going to have elections. Then he said, okay, I'm open to re-election again. Uh, he gathered... Uh, uh, so the opposition... I will get to the opposition in a moment. The opposition was holding all these rallies for this past... Opposition months, being the people decided, who are against, you know, to show against the Mad King? Several, several houses. We'll, we'll get to it. A lot of homes, a lot of opposition. So, oh. so he said, I will have a rally of my own. And they used every possible administrative resource to pull people uh, uh, to like a square to show that he has still some sort of support. So they called schools. They called hospitals in different regions of Armenia and yeah using pressure on people, forcing them to come. They organized buses and buses. And he ended up with gathering some 15,000 people on this square. In my view, be, like when was he be, when he was being elected as prime minister, there was 150,000 people supporting him on that uh, square. So Just two years ago, or 20, 2018. Yeah, two, two and a half years ago. So he lost 90%, even with all this administrative uh, muscle that he used it was just pitiful uh, now let's get to the other houses <laughs> uh, so there is uh, uh, he's trying uh, to, to, to show this uh, to show everyone that there is no choice but him mm -hmm. so he made uh, he made uh, second uh, president of Armenia Robert Kocharin he really turned him into his rival because a lot of people have mixed feelings about that president and he's like uh, more of a convenient rival for Pashinyan. 
And I would call everyone who supports Robert Korcharian House Lannister. Because Lannisters in Game of Thrones had all the power. They were good managers, like they had experience and stuff. But they were also somewhat, you know, cruel to a certain extent. Uh, so, so these are the people uh, that support the, the president, you're saying? Some of them. Some no, of they, them. They, they, that oppose Pashinyan. See, and can I just ask is, quickly, who has yeah. more power in Armenia, the president or the prime no, minister? No, no. This is not the president. This is the former the former president. president. Oh, the former president. Uh, one of Arme Armenia's second president. Yes. The president has no more power than the queen. So um, got it. So it's really the prime so, minister. Yeah. 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 So uh, uh, but the opposition is comprised of all these different factions. And the problem why Pashinyan is uh, surviving for four months is not that not enough people hate him. Everyone hates them. They just cannot agree within themselves to what what is going to be done. So, <laughs> so they, they will call this house uh, House Lannister, and um, they, they uh, the former president President Kocharan has been criticizing him heavily for years. He's been warning everyone about the war that is going to happen, and uh, now he turned out actually to be right that way, and. Um, Pashinyan just, you know, he just tries to divide. He has a criminal case on this president open. He's now in court, and uh, that's the way he tries to control him. So, Prime Minister, he, he, oh, sorry, just quickly, Prime Minister Pashinyan, uh, was it his decision to go to war at this specific no, time? Uh, no, no, it wasn't his decision. The war just broke out, but it was okay. his actions that have uh, expedited this war that yeah. actually made this war possible because we were on our worst possible relationships with Russia that we've ever had. We were not uh, prepared uh, technically. Uh, he was reshuffling the military all the time. Like he was sacking a lot of experienced good generals from the past and he was bringing basically nobodies to a lot of like really... Uh, key positions like the guy who was head of our cia let's call it the cia uh, he basically was 27 years old so much younger than me wow. and uh, he had no experience in that uh, institution whatsoever and he was trusted with all of this secrets uh, power and everything that comes with a post like that and he was like hugely incompetent so it was things like this over two and a half years that sort of piled up and made this war possible. That made Ilham Aliyev, president of Azerbaijan, confident enough to start. Yes, this. and so, he was. So, but the, your prime, sorry, your prime minister though was always very passionate about the region. Correct? Like he. he, uh, he well, I think looking at it retrospectively, he was faking it. Oh. <laughs> him being passionate because there's earlier articles of him when he was very young uh, as a journalist he was saying but do we really need these territories uh, aren't they like a burden just so, to catch everyone up real quick we should say go back and listen to our old episode if you're not yes. 100% sure what we're talking about right now we had Narek on um i don't know what number it was cat maybe you could look it up but it was about 3 months ago and we talked about the whole why the war broke out between Azerbaijan and Armenia, what happened, all that kind of stuff. I think that was right before, right as the war was was starting. So anyway, go back and listen to that. All right, sorry, keep going. Yeah. So the other house is House Baratheon, or uh, our Republicans. Uh, Republican Party was the party that essentially was the ruling party before. Pashinyan made the Velvet Revolution and he overthrew them to come to power. And it was uh, third president, Serge Sarkisian's party. And they are also now on the streets uh, opposing him. They were also, yeah, they, they, they were actually the first ones to start uh, saying that a war is coming, that this war is inevitable, trying to warn everyone, but nobody was listening to them. Uh, partly because uh, Pashinyan um, was using his uh, uh, media, fake news and stuff and all these criminal cases against them to shut them down and partly because they were to blame for a lot of uh, corruption that uh, either allegedly or factually took place in Armenia. So uh, they didn't have uh, people's trust to the extent that everyone would listen to them when they warned about this. And as you said... 
Pashinyan, Prime Minister Pashinyan came to power. He was a be- journalist. In 2018. And the reason yeah. is the reason why he won because there was so much corruption in the past in the government. Um, there, see, there wasn't so much corruption per se as there was a perception of corruption. People believed that there is this extreme corruption. Of course, there was corruption, but it was hugely exaggerated, uh, partly by Pashinyan himself, who is who was not just a journalist but an editor of a major newspaper and a website. And it was this old circle of his friends that did own a bunch of other media that sort of hide this uh, corruption. Because uh, when you look at the real cor- corruption numbers done by serious agencies, international agencies, uh, Freedom House, other indicators, it's actually we had the best numbers in former Soviet Union. Oh. It wasn't that terrible when he- experts look at it. But when the politicians talk about it when oppositions talk about it uh, there were so many things that he promised to uncover the day he came to power that are still mm, uh, mm. not un- not not just not uncovered he just basically gave up on them and everyone turned out uh, found out that, that these things weren't true because he uh, called it they called it a velvet revolution yeah, right but it was so basically but have- based on a lot of lies like lies uh. like that president's brother was uh, uh, had a fifty percent share in every major business in Armenia. Sort of lies like he would uh, sort of uh, turn down cameras that are doing the traffic fines, things like that. So there was so much lie under all that. Uh, mm. He said that this second president, the Lannister one, that he had four billion dollars stolen, and he still has provided zero evidence of even one billion dollar being stolen so it's it's all these lies but people you know people believe uh, headlines and, and interesting stories so i just assumed because uh, he's a journalist that he's like because he got he had gotten uh, jailed right at one point i just assumed that he was yeah. the man of honor here and apparently not so yeah yeah he was he was a uh, considered to be a political prisoner back then so that that's another no. factor that sort of sanctified him a little bit um Another fraction, House start would be Armenia's Dashnak party, the revolutionary party. Uh, what was uh, peculiar about them, like the on the day, um, see, they used to be in coalitions, they used to be in power, but their rating really dropped for the past four years or so. And they were considered to be like not having a lot of influence. But this is a party that's it's the oldest Armenian party. Uh, it's about 130 years old, uh, and they are uh, they kind of uh, the most militaristic one, let's say, patriotic kind of party. Uh, and everyone thought, well, um, the Dashnaks are no longer uh, like a, a political force to be dealt with. But on the day that the war broke out, when everyone was trying to figure out, this was the only party that on the very first day organized themselves and all of them went uh, to fight in the toughest parts of the war. They lost uh, a lot of guys, a lot of great guys during this war. I think um, uh, the, the the party sort of was, um, they took older people also, sort of middle-aged people, and they uh, were in the toughest spots, like in hell, hellish regions of this war. And uh, like, they didn't say a thing. They did not advertise this. They just went. And that, after the b- war ended, of course, they started, they were uh, among the first to start the uh, uh, sort of street protests against Pashinyan. And that kind of sort of uh, returned them to the map. Uh, and why am, I, why, why am I calling them Starks is because they, 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 I think that was a noble thing to do, you know, do not advertising this and just going and participating in the real war and only then, you know, starting to talk about the issues. And these are like uh, middle-aged just people like accountants secretaries yeah. and all of a sudden they pick up guns and they're fighting in the war yeah 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 wow. so a lot, lot wow. lots of them were uh, fought in the first karabakh war so they were veterans among them lots of veterans too uh and young people too and now it's their sort of younger uh, guys that are doing all these protests in the streets they are now see uh, why am i stuck in traffic so much because one of the main roads is closed uh, the opposition put up tents there. Um, wow. And, this is uh, on the ground reporting. 
For those who are yeah. listening, you are in, you're stuck in traffic right now while you talk to us. So. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> this is a huge disadvantage these days driving. But, you know, if this helps to throw them, overthrow the Mad King, I'm all for it. Uh, Wait, so, so can I ask action? quickly, yeah. the opposition can just shut down roads in Armenia? <laughs> yeah, How does that uh, work? When, when, uh, uh, in, in, when they have the numbers, they can. And that, that actually happened a, a few times before. And Pashinyan was one, one of the people who did it too. So this has turned into like one of the ways. Yeah, people just close the roads. And I think during the, during the war, we, we shut down one of the highways. Armenians shut down one of the highways in L.A. Uh, sort of to show their protest and to attract attention. That didn't last for a very long time, but it got a lot of coverage. So, yeah, this is one of the ways to fight the regime. <laughs> to shut down the... Uh, turn I people f- against you in L.A. Though. I know, you're shutting down the I-5 in Los <laughs> Angeles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there are all these uh, different uh, houses. That, uh, yeah. Like, uh, there's um, former um, ambassador to Vatican, uh, Mikhail Minasian, who is uh, uh, not in the country because of prosecution by Pashinyan and he, he's one of the intellectuals that is um, uh, doing a lot of uh, uncoverings this day and uh, he, he was actually uh, the first one to alert that Pashinyan is going to sign this paper uh, and nobody believed him and nobody believed him and hours later Pashinyan did sign this paper with Azerbaijan and everyone was shocked so he's getting a lot of inside information and publishing that about corruption of Pashinyan's regime, about their guys doing some shady deals, selling real estate to their friends for one-tenth of the price. But um, Pashinyan has created this machine of information. And we, we live in a country, with this is a small country, when we have a scandal every day, a scandal like a, a resignation worthy scandal is unfolding every day and when you're living under living under that dose of information and outrageous things happening you start to get uh some tolerance to it yes and this tolerance is terrible so uh when uh, Mikhail Minasian posted this corruption scandal posted about uh, possible ties of chairman of national assembly to turkey well, some people get outraged, and then on the next day, something even more horrible happens, and everyone kind of forgets about that. Because you can't <laughs> so be outraged also... every day. You don't have yeah, it. Yeah. In our... Humans don't have that ability to just be outraged every single yeah. day. Yeah. So I would call this sort of house Tyrell, you know, um, a house that's been all there, has all these connections with different factions. And basically what happened, all these houses, all these opposition houses have, uh, gathered uh, and everyone wants Pashinyan's resignation and so one formula for him to go was uh, they brought uh, back this guy Vazgen Manukyan uh, he was a pri- he was uh, Armenia's uh, first prime minister and he was a defense minister uh, back in the 90s when we just got our independence so what the opposition was offering is um, the following formula Pashinyan resigns uh, Vazgen Manukyan, who's not a member of any political party, uh, assumes the power for uh, up until one year. And then he holds an elections that would be fair. Uh, because after this use of administrative resource to pull all these uh, people to his rally, uh, nobody trusts that Pashinyan can do fair elections. Okay. Uh, he's saying, Interesting. let him resign. Let me be like an interim uh, prime minister for up to a year. And then we'll do elections and we'll see who gets how many votes. And we will settle this uh, turmoil this way. Because this, this country is in uh, four months of turmoil uh, all the time. But Pashinyan doesn't want that. Pashinyan says, well, no, he will also... Um, falsify the elections he's uh, one of the old guards uh, the older guys you know the, the uh, parties that he overthrew so he doesn't agree to that what he agrees to is to resign and, and have his party organize the elections in armenia and uh, 
sort of uh, hopefully he thinks he can get enough power to become prime minister again, which I, <laughs> nobody thinks oh, is so true. He thinks but he'll resign, but then he'll run again. He'll have new yeah, yeah snap that's elections. The audacity. That's the audacity <laughs> the that audacity. this guy has. This is this, this unbelievable self um, self loathing. No, 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 that's the wrong word. Uh, self importance, self. Uh, determinedness that he's such a great guy and everybody in the country loves him uh, he was staging uh, this uh, outbursts of people uh, loving him uh, even uh, he was traveling to one of armenia's regions and like these fake groups of people were uh, stopping him his uh, cars on the way and saying oh you are so great uh, do this and these uh, actors put everyone in jail this was they weren't actors, but some of them were relatives of people from his party. Some okay. of them, they all were tied to this. And this was so stupid, uh, but people somehow believe this stuff. And this is very frustrating because uh, this is not taking anywhere. It's obvious that he has to go. It's obvious that we need a fresh start. And it's, and it's also obvious that we cannot trust him with organizing elections. I wouldn't trust him organizing a bar mitzvah or something. <laughs> Uh, let alone elections. I mean, uh, bar, bar is very stressful. I can tell you. Is he? <laughs> little guy, get the little hot dogs right. But Before, when when would he next be? When would elections be normally? If he do, if he didn't do anything. Uh, in, in two in two years. In two years. Okay. No, oh, two, that's a long two years. No, no, that's a years. long time. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's a lot of. That's more Pashinyan than anyone can handle. <laughs> that's more than. So I want to get to what the deal uh, that he signed actually was that ended the war. But before that, we have a sponsor. Yes. And your eyes are all going to be excited to hear this. So as you know, everyone knows for $20 a month, you can sponsor this podcast and we will read your advertisement, whatever you want us to say. Sam Michael, a Patreon subscriber. So that's on patreon.com slash lost in America. Sam Michael, a Patreon subscriber. He is supposed to get a number one in Armenia t-shirt. He is in China right now. He said, don't give me the t-shirt. I don't need the t-shirt. Just give me an ad on the podcast. So he said, not a problem. Sam Michael is the, I believe he's the owner of atmosair.com, the global solution for healthy air, Kaplan. Yeah, Atmosphere offers the only solution on the market that continuously measures and smartly purifies indoor environments while reducing energy emissions and uses. So this is an air purifier company. It's, it's an air purifier company that basically 99% effective against coronavirus. So wait, I what, can't really? wait to breathe that air. Yes, <laughs> it's the best air. <laughs> this it's, is Sam Michael sells the best air on the market. He figured out a way to, to, to his purifiers, attack the coronavirus, destroy them, strangle them out. I don't know what the... How is air making the... How does it get rid of coronavirus? Oh, well, it, it, in it, the filter, air. It, filters. it filters it out. Yeah, it doesn't... Yeah, it's not a vaccine. 99.9... Just while you're in the room, it's not a... Yeah, you don't take it with you. 99.92%. <laughs> I know, you know, there's a big Armenian population in Los Angeles, and I don't know about coronavirus down there, but I know that the LA air quality is not mm, fantastic. Not great. So if you're listening to this, atmostair.com. And they give you, yeah. I think it... Yeah. They give you one of those dashboards you have, which shows you. Have you ever seen one of those that, that tells you the quality of the air? In a, no. In a, no. Oh, I've they, seen they just it. give us air. They just give us air and say, breathe it. Nobody's <laughs> going to give you data on air. Oh, Come no. On. You got to have your data because then on. you it's like zero data on air. You guys no, are stuck in the past. It's a great new measure. Every We love measurements in this world, like in the modern world. You I like measure to measure things like rate, you know, exactly. I was going to say we love to measure our steps. We love to measure our heart rate. But the, that's that's so last year. Now you measure your air. You walk into a room, you look at the wall, you see the air measurements. And if it's if it's above five, six hundred, five, five sixty BTUs or whatever, you say, I'm out of here. Get, get yourself an atmosphere because it'll you tell you. What, Kaplan? Yeah. You know what, Kaplan? Shut up and take my money. I want the purifier. <laughs> Done. He wants it. Look at that. Narek, that's going to be your party. That's your house. That's your Game of Thrones house. You can run for prime minister based off the idea that everyone gets yeah. a better air yep. for the nation. Better Best earth. air starting to 2021. That'll yeah. be my slogan. Those Azerbaijan assholes do not have, they have shit air. You're going to have the <laughs> best air. We'll, 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 we'll build it. 
They'll feel like a wall so they yes. don't get our air. They don't get any of your air. No, yeah. exactly. Like a dome. We <laughs> actually – We don't country a dome. <laughs> we checked with Sam Michael. He said this is available in every country in the world except Azerbaijan. Except Azerbaijan. Oh. It's, he's, he's doing a boycott. He's not selling <laughs> his air to them. Yeah. Now imagine so. your sponsor had like a really good market deal <laughs> on that market. <laughs> yeah, we actually didn't double check with him, but I'm going to go out yeah. on a limb and say – yeah, and it also reduces your energy consumption four to twenty percent guaranteed. So that's a nice guarantee. Guaranteed, you're saving saves, money. Save money. Can't and afford not more to. efficient, and that's the way to do it. At so. mostair.com. Thank you, Sam Michael. <laughs> you can get your advertisement on this show. Patreon.com/slash Lost in America for twenty dollars. And month. at Mosair, I will as a city councilman, I will be supporting them as well. Now, I'll bring. Do you accept York. Armenian money? We do. Who's yeah. that guy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's got a Ar- <laughs> Armenian money train. I love it. <laughs> this is Charles. He's a famous uh, writer. Oh, nice. Yeah, we yeah. And it's a thousand. I love and that. It's a thousand, and it equals thousand dollars. Nice. Not. Done. No, how much does it equal? Yeah. <laughs> So we should say I looked it up by the way. It was episode two hundred one was when we did our last when we last spoke about Armenia. Oh, good. So everyone, go, go back and listen. To and, and you'll be happy to. Can I make a quick remark about yeah. air? This is yes. still about air. Oh yeah, let's keep I'm talking related. about air. So, so before <laughs> Michael came up with his idea of measuring and purifying air, uh, decades before that, Armenians were selling air in the market. Some guy. <laughs> Some guy came up with a brilliant idea. There were like this round, tiny uh, cans, and inside these cans was air. So the Armenians from LA, when they traveled here, they would buy this as a souvenir and take him to their friends, saying, "This is an air from Armenia. <laughs> you can sort of open it and breathe the air." <laughs> and it's be- a real it's thing, and it's still on the market. Like up to today, you can still see this, uh, like in a flea market, because people are selling. Which the, is it? Heal you or something? Is it like better? No, it's just oh. Armenia. If oh. you're homesick, you, oh, the smell. You, you can just smell air from Armenia. <laughs> this guy's a genius. Yeah, Amazir should get yeah. on that too. They should start. So he was air. selling air. Can you imagine that? <laughs> was brilliant, brilliant. That's great entrepreneurship. It's like the pet rock guy. Uh, there, there's another funny uh, story that happened. Uh, remember when Kanye and Kim Kardashian came to Armenia? Yes. Uh, so Kanye did a small concert uh, at a place that uh, that's called Swan Lake. And I was there. Uh, we were all sort of around this lake. And Kanye was doing basically his all, all of his hit songs. And during uh, the, the song called Stronger, he... Uh, jumped into the swan lake he got all wet <laughs> and then a bunch of people also jumped uh, into the lake sort of trying to uh, touch kanye and stuff and then police <laughs> had to intervene they quickly took him and and i think his mic- microphone malfunctioned because it got wet <laughs> so uh, that's when the show stopped it lasted for like 30 minutes but it was like awesome so the next day the next the day after that some guy goes to ebay and sells uh, a packet of water, like the catch Kanye uh, from from the Swan Lake for seven hundred dollars. Yes! Wow! Yes! That's that's wait. Are these seven hundred Armenian dollars dollars with the writer no, on no, it? No, no, American not dollars. The crap that I was showing you. Real <laughs> wow! That's, how hey, how angry were you guys that Kanye didn't win the presidency? Because that would have been he would have you guys would have won that war if he was a, our president. Like, see, the, the comedian in me really wanted for him to run. And I have no doubt that he would have won. <laughs> but uh, the human in me said, like, remember we had this conversation before Trump was running? We said it would be so funny. And then he won. Yeah. yeah and then funny. the whole world was in danger. <laughs> and like, let, let's keep it to the people... Right. Keep it to the uh, professionals. Joe Biden's not yes. jumping in any lake. He would probably Sweetie die Joe from pneumonia. <laughs> yeah. so, Let, let's get on- that uh, red button, you know, like nicely stacked somewhere, hidden somewhere. Yes. Okay, I want to get back to this. So we talked about everyone wants Prime Minister uh, Pashinyan out because he signed this terrible deal to end the war. What was the deal he signed? What was the details of it? Uh, the deal he signed was uh, he gave Azerbaijan all the territories that they ever wanted. Oh. Uh, that's one. Uh, he gave them uh, 
an Armenian town of Hadrut, which the Azerbaijani never wanted. He just gave it to them. Just threw it in. Uh, he gave him and uh, <laughs> said, like, catastrophically, he gave them a uh, town of Shushi, uh, which uh, uh, was was not even disputed territory. Why is the Azerbaijanis simply uh, had a huge, like, the biggest Azerbaijani population ever in Karabakh was in that town. So all they wanted uh, was to have access to that town. Uh, nobody was disputing the territory. They just wanted to return some of their people to that land. And okay, I'll, uh, like you wouldn't assume that uh, in a town that is under Armenian control, not many Azerbaijanis would volunteer to go and live, right? So, and this was actually one of the options that Putin uh, offered him like back when it was like day 25, 24 of yeah. the war. But now he, he let them sort of come and take this town uh, entirely and... Uh, the conquest of this town of Shushi, the the takeover of this town is very disputed these days because there's a lot of mysteries surrounding. Basically, it's on a hill. like It was like impossible to take. Uh, and it was given basically without a fight. So that's uh, everyone wants this to be investigated and, and answers. We need answers on how... How could that ever happen? Because it's on a it's on a high ground, and basically the remaining parts of part of uh, Karabakh is now under serious uh, threats when the Azeris have all that territory, and especially Shushi. Because like if you view from Sushi, you can Shushi you can uh, see Stepanakia. It's like yeah, you can see it, and then- it's like fifteen kilometers away or something. And what happens to the people? Like, if you're living there, and then all of a sudden your land belongs to a different country, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a lot of people, uh, well, during the war, a lot of people were evacuated to Armenia. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have just literally lost their homes. Uh, a lot of people, uh, those who lived in the part that is still controlled by Armenia, are returning. And... There are still this huge portion of people that just lost all their possessions, lost everything they had. And this and uh, like another thing that keeps aggravating everyone is uh, he uh, he still is giving land away after it was signed. After, uh, the, the document that was signed, it says everyone stays on the ground that they are in. But then uh, they started sort of using uh, some kind of maps that not everyone agrees with. So we had situations when the Azeri soldiers came to a village uh, in Armenia and said, well, you can stay here, but these 10 houses are now territory of Azerbaijan. So can you imagine that? So 10 or like six houses from that village, people had to, you know, just leave whatever they worked for their entire lives because Pashinyan did not talk over these details it was hastily signed yeah that sounds like a complete disaster so- yeah that's a, that's a disaster like like look look at it from like a managerial level uh how can you sign a document that basically has no details in it it's open to interpretation it's open to violation and stuff to an unprecedented uh, extent and you know and he still stays in power so why not? Because um, I did read something that he still has some, like if there was an election, his popularity, he might not be popular, but also there's not any other uh, opposition party that's more popular. Is that correct? Yeah. Remember I told you that all these uh, houses, uh, they yes. don't yes. Uh, have like one unified candidate. Like yes. you would say yeah. that. The, the the XXX prime minister would be that one unified candidate, but even among them, like some of the parties are now saying, well, if there are election, we probably will participate, sort of to have uh, both ends. Um, so there's unclarity there, and there isn't there isn't like a one like really good candidate say is if not Pashinyan, it's this guy sort of. That's why he uh, sort of. Um, thrives on that uh, and that is that was, why he wants to call if he calls an election now he might win right well 
he he won't win. Uh, like uh, there there have been polls uh, with uh, ver- ver- varying results. So at the least he's getting something like two percent, and at the best he's getting thirty percent, uh, which oh. none of these is like a win. Two uh, to thirty, though, that's a big, big range. Yeah, polling. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and thirty, like whenever you get like this, um, anytime in the history of Armenia, when you get someone, uh, an incumbent pre- during an incumbent president, when there are polls, people who work for state institutions, they always tend to say yeah i will vote for whoever's in power yeah and then they don't uh, and uh, basically imagine that if this poll is done among people who work for state institutions they all would have lied in the poll because they don't know who the who is organizing this poll i see uh, and it's, it's just uh, out of question to think that uh people will elect a president who took a uh, prime minister a party that uh, has done nothing but lying, not just about the war, but generally. Uh, of all the promises that he made, not single one was really uh, accomplished, and many of them were accomplished uh, uh, oppo- in an opposite way. Like, if, if he promised one thing, he did the exact opposite of what he promised. And there, there's so many examples of that. So, uh, and... There are people who lost family members, a lots of people. If we have 5,000 uh, dead soldiers, imagine that this is basically 5,000 families. This is uh, like closer families. This is hundreds of thousands of people we're talking about who will under no circumstance ever vote for this guy. Yeah. Uh, so, what was, what was and he... for him to even campaign would be... Uh, impossible like how do you imagine him campaigning going door to door his party saying you know you should vote for us because we we what we lost the war and and also like all these things aside history wise like history wise the rulers presidents kings or whatever hell you want the one who loses war leaves resigns that was my question that war i don't know yeah if you lose a war you're out. Yeah. I mean, Lyndon Johnson you know who... didn't run again in, in, during Vietnam here because you know, he <laughs> you knew. know, you know, in modern history, who was the only the only example who lost the war and stayed in power? Can you guess? Who? It's a name you all know very well in America. Um, Saddam Hussein. The first yes! time. The first ah! time. Around. Saddam Hussein. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah. the only one who pulled and, it well, out. Well, they didn't hold snap elections, or he, you know. <laughs> yeah, but that didn't end too well for him. It didn't help, but ended in a spider well, hole. I mean, yeah, and that's well, also that usually doesn't end well when you do this. So, like, what did uh, when when the generals came to him and said on day four this isn't going well, and on day twenty, what did he say back? He said, "No, no, no, I I believe in you." Or we well, like, what was his rationale for not listening uh, then? Or he just. Uh, well, you could imagine this wasn't done publicly. Right, so right. These were closed discussions. Want, yeah. uh, I, I don't know what the hell the discussion was. The fact is that he went on. Yeah, can, I ask, that can I ask his strategy for calling it a coup? Um, is that, <laughs> <It's> a coup. <laughs> is that so that the rest of the world will think he's trying to trick the European Union and Russia and the United States into thinking that he's it's a coup or what? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. All the, all the military said said you should resign because yeah. you are doing a shitty job. That's all the military said, and all the generals signed, uh, like with, with the exception of probably a few people, everyone signed it. Uh, and and he just he just goes on. That that's his talent. That's his magic. Like no matter what happens, he just toils on. <laughs> and, and you know who is the only other country? two countries that also called it a coup who's that you're very damn right uh, damn good at uh, making guesses so take a guess two countries immediately called it a coup after he called it a coup name those two countries no no i don't know who supports him i guess turkey Turkey? oh turkey turkey yes uh, because he's a loser because they know they can beat him right and and azerbaijan (laughs) And as oh, John, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, of course, and they want him in that, power. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and he's fun negotiating the, partner. And, and the Russians made a statement, not calling the coup. And then right after it, Pashinya said, "See, the Russians are on our side." And then the Russians had to make another statement to say, "No, no, no, we're not calling a coup. We're not taking any sides." They they had to clarify this. 
And after that, the United States embassy, probably having seen what happened with the Russian statement, said, clearly put it in the statement, we do not consider this to be a military coup. Yes. <laughs> the exact wording. So, the, it, so it's not open to his uh, imagination. And it, if he didn't fire the chief or attempt to fire the chief of the army, would this so, have blown yeah, up this so, way or uh, this or just it, it was it, it's it, this all falls into the Mad King uh, yeah. concept. So when he said that the Russian missile, the pride of Russian military exploded for 10 percent, some journalists called uh, this uh, headquarters uh, chairman's uh, deputy, not not him so far. They called his deputy to ask, is it possible for a missile to explode in 10%? And this guy laughed. Yeah, because uh, ridiculous. He was laughing. And the journalist said that when we called this guy, he was laughing. On the next day, Pashinyan fires him. Yeah. yeah. So, and that was like the spark when already his boss, the uh, the chairman of the headquarters said, like, you cannot go on like this. And then what he does, he, he tries to fire him. Just keep firing the, people. Yeah, but the, for laughing at him. Yeah, it's very, very, very Trump-like, you know. So um, yeah, exactly Trump-like. And from remember, what I, Trump. Was, Trump from what is I a looked classic. at, it, international-wise, uh, Turkey, the U.S., and the EU said that a democratically elected leader should not be thrown out by the military. But again, this isn't them throwing him out. This is them asking him to leave. Two very different things. But then. I noticed just very recently the Azerbaijan president or prime minister, the head of Azerbaijan, said he wants to open a dialogue now with Armenia and move on. Do you think he sees this? No, no. As a quite the contrary. What okay. what he's saying? He now wants part. He wants even more land, and he's been making this statement for the past four months. He wants uh, a, a part of our land in the south to get roads to Iran, which is like the most important thing that he wants, and which is also uh, not in these papers, but everyone now is uh, uh, alerted that Pashinyan might give that to them too, and that would be devastating to give them the road to Iran. And that would change the whole Iran, outlook. You, you got, your country separates Azerbaijan from Iran. Iran's on one border, correct? Yeah, so the, the, they desperately want this road, and uh, it would change sort of the whole uh, play field of this region. And no, and actually nobody wants them to have this road. And we didn't agree to give them that road. So, But yeah. since he's giving away parts of villages, uh, small passes here and there, everybody is just afraid he will do that. So before he does that, let, let's have him resign. And, and actually nobody said that he's a democratically elected president, uh, prime minister, and that he shouldn't be thrown away. Like, if you have grounds for resignations, that's that's a resignation. That's a perfectly democratic way of. Why? Well, no, I things. think what they said was that a democratically elected leader should not be. There shouldn't be a coup, but that there, was. That, but there this shouldn't isn't a coup. be a coup period. But yeah, yeah. we're against coup. coups exactly. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you shouldn't create a situation when a coup is possible because it's when not you do, Myanmar, right? Myanmar but, has a coup. But even when you do, it it means you're a shitty manager. All it has, uh, tells about you is that you cannot control the situation in a country. And if you can't, well, a coup is bad, but you're also bad. Yeah, you're bad at your job. Yeah. yeah. And you're bad as if you're president or prime minister of a country, you don't want to be when you're fighting with the military, you don't want it to be because they're show, they're showing more restraint than you are. Because that you know they know that you should be listening to your generals, as they say. That's uh, the military has done nothing but statements, and actually, yeah. a lot of people in the opposition consider uh, the military's action to be too soft. Yeah, and then sort of the president said that it's kind of unconstitutional. He said something, but he he sort of tried to play Switzerland, not to be on everyone's side, but what side? But what ended up is that person who criticized Pashinyan is gone now. Yeah. And he's disputing it in court. But he's not acting. And actually, when you have just come out of war, changing military leadership is like it's one of the things that led to the war. Remember, I said he was changing generals all the time. And now he's trying to do it over again. Put a 27 year old in charge of the CIA. Yeah. So (laughs) this 27 year old guy, he he got appointed to a bunch of posts like he was in this uh, state uh, control commission. Then he was head of CIA. Now he's. 
on some uh, other investigative uh, jobs uh, and uh, everyone's making fun that he has the best resume in Armenia and then <laughs> wh- whoever gets fired everyone's saying oh he'll probably appoint that guy <laughs> yeah so what do you think just to close it out here uh what do you think do you think a resignation's coming soon uh it's already too late but i hope it's coming what i hope is this doesn't lead to uh like civil clashes which so far have not happened. And uh, I just hope we can keep it civilized, keep it democratic this way. Uh, That's the number one thing to avoid. But every day he stays in power is basically very um, tangible damage uh, that he's causing this country, its reputation and our positions uh, negotiating because he says something and then, a lot of professionals have to refute this, explain this, justify uh, what he said. And this is, uh, he's ruining uh, our, our reputation worldwide. And he cannot negotiate with Aliyev because he's the one who lost. He actually, he turned into a song in Azerbaijan. He's, he's actually Azerbaijan's hero. Oh, they wrote yeah, a single, song about They're number him. one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And whenever there's a on youtube when, whenever there's an opposition rally you can see all these uh, azeri bots and trolls saying no 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 the prashinian has to stay he's the best yes. uh, leader armenia's ever had so it's like when a team has uh, a bad coach who you hate you're like don't fire <laughs> that coach i love yeah, that coach. yeah <laughs> yeah oh so Did, but, just... but the war is what changed it like because you said there was a lot of corruption before that but i guess a lot of people didn't see it or didn't care as much you think and, the popular like opinion? like one thing that everyone refuses to see there's a lot of corruption now yeah. and that's a fact that's been proven so many times over and over but uh in see, every country is, by the way yeah yeah but the thing is uh like he, that's the one thing he promised to uh, eliminate uh and uh, he's creating this whirlwind of headlines and scandals that happen every day. Like one day, we lost the Boeing and it turned out uh, to be in Iran, which actually can get us into sanctions from the United States because Wait, you're not you? supposed to give Boeing airplanes oh, you to lost a plane. Iran. You lost an we airplane lost in Iran? Plane. Like I'm describing you one Monday. <laughs> in just one Monday, we lost a plane and we were in Dubai for a military exhibition uh, where our samples, our exhibits did not arrive. We only had brochures to give out while everyone <laughs> else was displaying. This was just one freaking day. Uh, and last Thursday, like, it's last Thursday. What was the thing? Last, see, even I am forgetting. What was the... Oh, last Thursday, uh, we got someone hacked, uh, suppo- supposedly hacked an email of a guy who's prosecuting one of the old oligarchs. And he found some emails from prime minister's office where they were um, uh, doing track changes, uh, editing of the accusation. They were actually changing the words in the accusation for this person. Uh, It was like direct interference from prime minister's office, a very specific person. So that alone, like forget everything else, that alone is a cause for immediate resignation of the entire government. But... It's Friday then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, the weekend. Weekend. it's a weekend. And then it's Monday. <laughs> yeah. I, I know the feeling well. When you have a scandal every day, something yeah. that happened last week feels like a hundred years ago. That's, yeah, that was, that's what was Trump was doing, right? Yeah. And he couldn't he, even he focus and Trump on them all. had so much in common. Like they're both populists. They were classic populists who came to power despite of all odds. And they were turned out. They turned out to be exactly what. So he's the kind of journalist Trump would like. like. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this. Like uh, about four years ago, uh, my colleague and I we wrote a movie, which was about a journalist who becomes president, and everything in that movie came true. A journalist did become president. We had scenes in the movie that exactly uh, were performed by Pashinya. There was a scene when. He, uh, the president was riding a bicycle to show everyone how popular he is. And then Pashinyan was riding a bicycle. Oh sort of gosh. like things happened like word for word, which I'm shocked to see is everyone worked, uh, watched this movie to the midpoint, I guess, because He's stealing your material. Uh, they, they only saw the fun and games part of this movie. <laughs> they didn't see the, the midpoint and what happens after what? when the guy is obviously incompetent. <laughs> it didn't, your, your movie did, did not end, end well? in a war. 
uh, did, did what? Did your movie end in a war with Azerbaijan? No, no, it was a like a family comedy. We didn't have war, but we <laughs> uh, ended had, in a plague. Uh, no. We had corruption. We had the echo crisis, which also Pashinyan also had. So lots of things. That, that What's the name of this movie for anyone? Who knows? Head of state. Head, head of, of state. state. Head of state. Immediate. And check out Arm Comedy. We should have said that earlier, but on YouTube, Narek Margarian hosts Arm Comedy. Uh, the biggest comedian in Armenia. You put us to number one. You put us on the map in Armenia and in the United States. So thank you very much. Thank you for doing this. And uh, we always love having you on the show, man. And this thank is- you guys. Uh, thank you guys. I hope this happens. The number one things happen again. Happens again. I hope your show uh, goes on to become the biggest show on iTunes. And uh, let, let's. Uh, what, what was this? Uh, Chicago Bulls saying. Uh, Repeat the three peats. Three yes, so, yes, this is uh, a repeat. We guaranteed three so, peats. We want a three peat. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll agree to do another one. <laughs> Sounds so good. We're, we're still on Armenia's side. I, we, we're always, I really appreciate always. the map. I yes. really appreciate the true correct map. Show this of to your you uh, to people running. Yeah. This should well, be. Yeah. We should also say that. We had our designer design these mugs and design the logo. And then before we went and printed it, I sent it to you. And remember, you helped. And you said, ah, move the border a little yeah. bit. And I said, no problem. That's why we asked. So, of course. Yeah. And, and then Pashinyan interviewed. interviewed <laughs> Ruined so it. designer was right. <laughs> well, no, we, had, we got some hate <laughs> mail last time by people who said I, I, could, I kept botching Azerbaijan's capital. I couldn't say it right. Baku. I still I don't acknowledge it. I won't say it right this episode. Okay. I don't. <laughs> All right. That's okay. the episode. Love you guys. Thank you. Love you, Narek. Thank you very much, Kaplan. That's it from Narek's traffic jam, Kaplan. Yeah, the opposition is keeping him in traffic, so I'm gonna. No, no, I'm home. I'm finished driving. See, I'm finished. Oh, he's home. He's done up front. Yeah. You got a good parking spot. I just got home. <laughs> what should we do? Well, then it's time to get lost. Get lost. Get lost. Sit Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.